As the Russian invasion drags on, its results reveal much about the machinations of global players. Stay tuned to some of the more shocking revelations we've dug up. And before you go, tell Congress to get out of NATO. Click on the link below. Shakespeare once wrote, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. One of the mistakes the average person makes is to think that the events he or she witnesses in their lifetime is merely happenstance, or that events happen due to a natural evolution of human progress. We wouldn't deem those under socialism on their way to communism to be at or near some pinnacle of human progress. No, we see that as a system of control and as a way to enslave an entire nation while only a handful at the top reap the benefits. Throughout the life of the John Birch Society, we have documented the activities that have led to the rise and fall of countries around the world according to the whims of insider plans to install world government. Our organization is named after a war hero who gave his life while serving in what was supposed to be a free China, but instead found out too late that China was well along its way to falling to communists. His death was swept under the rug for many years so as not to embarrass and derail the Chinese communist plans. GBS founder Robert Welch wrote about the communist conquest of China as aided by Congress and many federal government agencies and bureaucrats. Just ask the average Chinese if their life is currently at a pinnacle. These actions on the world stage don't just happen. They happen because someone or a group of somebodies organize and plan these events. The John Birch Society has documented the machinations of these world events as coming from an organized conspiracy. The major players advocate for the goal of a new world order that will usher in world government. Current world events have moved countries closer toward that new world order. As Mr. Art Thompson documents in his book In the Shadows of the Deep State, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, prior to writing the Communist Manifesto, wrote a book called The Holy Family, in which they wrote about a new world order. They wrote, the revolutionary movement, which began in 1789 in the Circle Social, gave rise to the communist idea reintroduced in France after the revolution of 1830. This is the idea of the new world order. In short, communism is the end goal of the new world order. Should we expect only communists then to advocate for a new world order? You be the judge. About a month ago, President Biden suggested in a speech, there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. At the end of March, according to express.co.uk, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Lavrov said Moscow and Beijing were paving the way for a multipolar, just, democratic world order. Addressing the Chinese government, he added that by the end of this stage, we, together with you and with our sympathizers, will create such a new world order. When it comes to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, many pundits and those in big media set up a black and white scenario of Ukraine President Zelensky as being the good guy and Putin as the bad guy, while others are setting up Putin as a good guy battling the new world order. Do the comments made by his defense minister sound like he is fighting to stop the new world order? No, as we have mentioned in prior videos, Putin is another globalist interested in building the new world order, yet his position in it probably looks a little bit different than that of other advocates. The war and the fear of Russian aggression are being used to manipulate Eastern European countries into falling for the globalist entrapment of NATO. 
NATO is clearly just another globalist tool to entangle countries into giving up some of their sovereignty to be best governed by unaccountable bureaucracy. As Mr. Thompson mentions in his Shadows of the Deep State, NATO was sold to the American people as a means to oppose communist expansion by the USSR in Europe. Few read the pact and how it placed our military under control of the UN, where too many communist countries held membership and had decision-making positions. Russia's invasion has sparked discussions in NATO to further expand membership. Both Finland and Sweden announced their intent to recently join. Last week, NATO met with four countries of the Asia-Pacific region to discuss a close partnership in light of China not condemning Russia. The Epoch Times reported, The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, has announced that it will begin engaging in the Asia-Pacific region both practically and politically in light of Beijing's growing influence and coercion and its unwillingness to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Australia, Japan, New Zealand, and South Korea were identified as these Asia-Pacific partners. Mr. Thompson further pointed out in his book that NATO today is trying to expand beyond Europe and into Asia for membership as a stepping stone toward a one-world army, a global NATO, if you will. Those same four countries were included into a list that Mr. Thompson included in his book as to the countries that would be added to this proposed global NATO. Others on the proposed list include Brazil, South Africa, and India. In 1989, the World Affairs Council of Northern California hosted a panel of Time magazine correspondents to discuss the shifting of world order. It was named Viewing the New World Order East and West. Remember, this was at a time when the Soviet Empire was supposedly collapsing. Europe was bu busy building up what would become the European Union in 1993, and Russia was following in their globalist footsteps by laying the foundation for the Eurasian Economic Union with the initial treaties setting up a customs union that were signed in 1995. The host announced at the beginning of the discussion that they would have upcoming seminars on how to take advantage of business opportunities in Russia. The first correspondent, Barrett Seaman, offered the following observation in his opening statement. Charles Krautheimer, who is an essayist for Time magazine, wrote recently that we are living through the greatest global democratic awakening in history. He went on to point to examples of recent democratically elected governments in the Soviet republics and in South America as if they were all going through some sort of American revolution for independence. But were Communist Party members expunged from the Soviet Union? Were they put on trial for corruption, fraud, murder, and other crimes against their own people? No, the East put on quite the deceptive show and began to use the same globalist tools to build up its own version of world order. It ingratiated itself into the global community through participation in international organizations and became a top supplier of energy resources and other minerals. Both Russia and China built up its empire while hooking the West with cheap and abundant products and materials. In the buildup of the New World Order, the West and the East have been competing for control. The latest moves by Russia and what may follow with China versus Taiwan are all moves to add to their control. To them, this addiction to their resources by the West is a point of control, perhaps even to couple together to take control of the West's order and make it their own. Subsequently, the West recognizes this and is beginning to decouple from the East. 
Mr. Joel Skousen made an excellent point in his latest World Affairs Brief of April 8th. He suggested Russia is to be excluded from the West's New World Order based on the sanction efforts to decouple from Russia and from the recent efforts of international organizations to kick out Russia's representatives. Last week, the United Nations removed Russia from the UN Council on Human Rights, which is basically a joke to begin with. The Council has no problems including countries ruled by dictators and communists that have a long track record of committing their own atrocities to their own people, with of course China being the most obvious example. Seeing calls go out to the United Nations for international investigations into war atrocities is like asking Jack the Ripper to babysit your kids. Even the UN's own peacekeeping forces have quite the list of atrocities it has created over the years, beginning with Katanga and going through the modern-day allegations of rape and murder against those they are supposedly protecting. And this just takes us back to how world events are planned and don't necessarily happen by accident. In a time when the popularity of globalism was waning, the Russian invasion has certainly helped to restore confidence in international government. An interesting question comes from this. Was this Russia's intention? Was it planning in concert with other globalist leaders to create this newfound confidence and dependence? Well, probably not, but there may be evidence that helped to force Putin's hand. Now, that's a topic for another video. But in looking at how Event 201, which was a high-level pandemic exercise that was held in October of 2019 to help deal with a future COVID outbreak that actually occurred months later, well, let's just say that the option is on the table. The insiders are finding it harder and harder to cover their tracks when it comes to planning major events. Over the weekend, our news outlet, The New American, took a hard look at the recent atrocities in Bucha, Ukraine, where more than 10,000 civilians were killed. The New American reported who perpetrated these atrocities before evidence could be rationally processed and independently examined to answer this basic question we were presented with a manufactured global consensus on the matter. According to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, the Biden administration, the United Nations, and the fake news industrial complex, the verdict is already in. Russian troops carried out the horrific atrocities, which reportedly included mass murder of men, women, and children, as well as torture, mutilation, beheadings, dismemberment, and rape. It continues, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov denounced the Bucha massacre charges as fake in a statement carried by Russian news agency TASS, T-A-S-S, on April 4th. As to be expected, Lavrov's statement and other similar denials from Russian spokesmen have been dismissed out of hand by Western officials and media as self-serving Kremlin propaganda. Normally, that is not an unreasonable position, particularly considering the fact that TASS, Pravda, Novatsky, and other Russian media are notorious state-controlled holdovers from the communist epoch of the Soviet Union. But there appear to be troubling facts that contradict the Russia did it narrative of Zelensky, the U.S. European fake news opinion cartel, and other official and unofficial operatives of the U.S. deep state. Various independent analysts have pointed out glaring holes and inconsistencies in the prevailing narrative. These include the silence about any atrocities from the mayor of Bucha as he appears on a Facebook video beaming that the Russian occupation is over for the city and that it is indeed a glorious day. Yet, four days after this liberation comes another video, this one from someone on the town council authority who announces a cleansing 
from the city of Sobators and accomplices by the Ukraine Azov Battalion, which has been described as a neo-Nazi unit that uses Nazi regalia. As the New American pointed out, during the Obama administration, the CIA and Department of Defense began showering the Azov patriots with money, weapons, and training, even bringing them to the United States for advanced schooling. And it continues today. Folks, this is par for the course for the federal government. The New American offered, as we have reported extensively over the years during both Democrat and Republican administrations, the American deep state shadow government has repeatedly backed the most murderous and anti-American terrorist thugs, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Islamic Jihad, PLO, Hamas, Hezbollah, Kosovo Liberation Army, Supreme Council for the Islamic Revolution in Iraq, Free Syrian Army, and more. The writer reminds us that considering the fake news machine has cranked out an unrelenting campaign of propaganda, disinformation, indoctrination, censorship, and suppression, that we should be questioning the official narrative. As the New American concluded, the suffering of the victims in Ukraine is very real and very tragic, but sorting out the the facts and the truth amidst the chaos of competing propagandas and orchestrated deception is very difficult. We would remind readers that the ruling regimes in Moscow and Kyiv are both colossally corrupt and that we are not being offered a simple binary choice between good and evil. Instead, we are being offered a choice between arsenic or cyanide, and we should swallow neither one. Remember that the events on the world stage are not always clearly cut and dried. Events happen for a reason, and propelling the agenda of building a new world order to install world government usually explains the general reason why it is that freedom seems to be so fleeting for so many. Since we are all players on the world stage, let's make sure our part does not lend itself to helping the globalists build their new world order. Your personal freedom here in the great U.S. of A. is extraordinarily special and should never be taken lightly or for granted. The infamous COVID lockdowns of 2020 and 2021 prove that your freedom can be fleeting if you're not willing to fight for it. To fight organized opposition, you must first be organized and then meet the enemy where they are. The Founding Fathers advocated for educating the general masses of those who vote in order to protect the mighty power of we the people. It's we the people who can make the change at the ballot box, and it's we the people that must be informed on how the Constitution is to be used to limit government, protect the U.S. from international entanglements, as well as the role state legislatures play to be a check on an overreaching federal government. The good news is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The John Birch Society is just the organization set up to accomplish this, and members have been working hard for more than 60 years to expose this conspiracy, buying America many more years. But folks, time and freedom are fleeting. As the globalists ramp up their efforts to build the new world order, we can expect many more foreign wars as well as attacks on American principles. You need to be involved to help protect your God-given rights and your personal freedom. Start by telling Congress to get out of NATO instead of expanding it. You can use our legislative alert system to easily do so. Then, join JBS today. Links are in the video description. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, stay informed, stay active, 
and get organized, patriots.